And welcome back to the discussion phase, a board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. As always, I'm your host, Matthew. And I'm Brady. And with us once again is the self-glorified king of Euros. What's up, guys? I'm Jacob. That's right. Tonight we'll be breaking down our recent plays for the past week, as well as discussing the state of the play, where we are this year in board gaming. So stick around, and as always, buckle up. All right, Matthew. So this was your last week of being out of town. So hopefully our board game sessions are going to be picking up here soon. I'm back, boys. Um, I've, I've gone through the trials and the tribulations, through the, the desert, through the storm, through the wilderness, whatever other metaphor you want to throw in there, and I'm finally back. Prodigal son pro- returns. I know. I've been missing you all. Thankfully, I was so I was like, how many games am I actually going to get played? Because I know one of our goals was at least playing one game a day. Um, by the end of the year, at least 365. Uh, so I just got in 28 plays for the month of February. February was a short month, so just right on the money. If I was, I was like, hey, guys, let's get in a quick game of uh, The Mind or something just so we can pump those numbers up. Um, so I just got in 27. I was one short. Man. Well, you can, Jacob, you didn't log anything, did you? I uh, uh, February, I don't know where it went, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um so I am sitting on my app currently. I have 33 plays on the year, but I also have 33 plays in January. So nothing I don't know in February. I did play games in February, but it was a little much for me to record them for some reason. I guess. It well, was, I, get I mean, you're living that pre-dad life. Pre-dad life, man. I know. The question is, are you going to get the dad bod? I don't know. Did we talk about this on the I'm last going, time you're on the podcast? Going, you're I'm expecting going dad bod to rad bod. That's my goal. Oh, We're wow. going to redefine the dad bod. And you're hitting a little bit of Grizzly Adams in there as well. Yeah, with the, yeah, trying to grow up. He's hitting beard. the shag a little bit. Yeah. Did you cut your hair yet? I have not cut my hair yet. Yeah, he's a, he's a wild savage this month. This week. I'm I don't know if we mentioned it on the last time you were on the podcast, but David and <laughs> David Jacob and his wife are uh, expecting uh, a baby boy. We got a little gamer on the way. A little gamer on the way. I bought him his first game, so uh, I am excited. You bought him his first game? I bought game? him his first game, yeah. What, yeah. what game is that? You have any guesses? Oh, King man. of Tokyo. It was King Absolutely. of Tokyo. It's Listen, King of Tokyo. I know you, brother. I, I am just so excited wow. to play you King didn't of know Tokyo that? Just, with my I, little man. I go to sleep every night with that knowledge. So he's not even born yet, but I've got it ready for him. Yeah, because we, uh, it was sometime way last year, like pre-COVID, um, maybe even before then, that uh, for whatever reason, Jacob, you just had in your mind, wow, I just have to play King of Tokyo. I just have to do it. It's got to be amazing, right? It's monsters fighting. And I was like, we'll play it, Jacob, but... I think we, we purposely kind of made that a miserable experience just so you would never ask to play it again. <laughs> you did. I mean, you, you're over-exaggerating a little bit. I just had heard. I mean, at the time, I was just infatuated with Dice Tower videos and whatnot, and they had got, like, the Seal of Excellence. Like, it was the best family game of whatever year it came out, right? And it's and been, so, yeah, like, every year since then, it's always it's, been on their it, top list. Yeah, so I, was, I just wanted to play it. I knew it was simple and playable, and so I wanted to learn it, and then these guys just just pounded me into oblivion. Like, and then you I said was, never again until I, was, I have it. I was a, incinerated by a these child. guys. And pack that thing what's up. Your and uh, what's your all's monster of choice in uh, King of Tokyo? Well, given the one time I played, the Gigas, I, was, I don't even the remember Gigasaur, who I played. Right? I the Mecha, played Mecha, like Godzilla, the Mecha Godzilla. Mecha Godzilla all day. Yeah. Are you all... I don't know. We mentioned this. Are you all hyped out of your ever-loving minds for Godzilla versus Kong? Oh heck yes! Oh my gosh! I just yes. like tap that into my oh vein, my man. Oh my gosh! Like if all it is, I don't even want 
human beings talking in this movie. Get rid yeah. of these children with troubled childhoods and people with estranged relationships. Get that out of here. I just want to see a <laughs> giant overgrown ape just smack the snot out of this this <laughs> yeah. nuclear Godzilla lizard. It needs to be like two straight hours of King Kong <laughs> punching gore. Godzilla in the And face. I want to see these monsters bleed. <laughs> like we literally watched them destroy half the world and Godzilla King of the Monsters. I didn't see any blood. It's like these are like megaton creatures with just like the force of a. And a it's mountain. coming out on HBO Max. Like, it, yeah, we'll be able to watch it at home. I think that's pretty. Or cool. we could have a, a bros night. Yeah, and yeah. we can watch just pure, pure rampage. I'm psyched. Apparently, they had to like explain away King Kong's growth because, like, well, in the 80s, I mean, that was like so 40 years ago plus, and he's still growing. Well, he's considered an adolescent. Well, so does Skull Island take place in the 80s? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's yeah, during yeah. the. So he was considered like an. It was during um, and, and he's just Vietnam size. So now he's the size of Godzilla. It's gonna be sweet. Yeah, he grew. So it, the King Kong, I think, in uh, Skull Island was like um, two thirds of the size he is now. Um, so he grew, which he's significantly bigger than he was in like the um, previous lore. Uh, but I don't care. Make him <laughs> make him so big they can't even move. The gravity is just holding yeah. them down. That makes me question: Does does King of Tokyo have like? Are, does any third party or anybody make like miniatures for that game? Like, I wish I had miniatures. I know I've seen a giant version at like conventions and stuff. Of all it's the like games, a, I want to spend an obscene amount of money on the <laughs> and about. That's King of Tokyo one. definitely is at the bottom hey, of my you're list. You're yucking somebody's yums right now, man. Come on. Hey, shout out to the King of Tokyo lovers. It's great. I want to be with you, but I got pounded into oblivion. So. uh Shout us out and let me come play with you, and maybe I'll beat you. All right. Well, we haven't played King of Tokyo this week. Instead, we've gotten... Uh, uh, I just, like, one of the games I just cannot not want to play right now is Marco Polo 2. I, every yeah. time I play this game, I am just jazz out of my mind. And I, I love, one of the maybe reasons I love is, like, even when Brady loses, he's, he's not mad at me. He's mad at himself. Uh, whenever whenever he loses. But and it is so, so good. Honestly, I'm not necessarily mad at myself. I just, um, really, I, I've been enjoying the game. And I come in dead last uh, the, the couple times we've played it. Um, but uh, I just, I'm enjoying kind of exploring the game. And not necessarily like... But yeah, that's right. Yeah, exploring. To, you do yeah. feel like you're exploring the... I mean, the mechanics are pretty straightforward. It's a dice worker placement, modification, resource gathering, contracts... But the way you set up that map and the way you choose to explore and the player power that you pick and the strategy you go after, I mean, you are you get to explore. And so you feel like that sense of new discovery every single time you play it. What's out on this map? How do I want to do it? What are my other opponents going after? Um, and so I love that. It mixes like, hey, these are this worker placement, dice worker placement at the bottom of the board of the market is always going to be very close to the same every single game. Obviously, there's going to be different variations on how the market tiles come out, but that top section of the board is changing and innovative every single time. And every time I play it, it's got the feeling, I just want to play this again uh, more and more. And I you know, can't speak highly enough about it. It's definitely in a, it's a top 10 game for me right now. Uh, we wanted to play more, another game we've been wanting to play more, Teo, uh, Teo Teoacon, Teo Tewakan, however you want to pronounce it. Uh, another fantastic dice worker placement manipulation game. Uh, we just haven't gotten enough to the table just because, obviously, t- t- February has been a pretty weak month, boys. We got to get our testosterone shots and just beef it up a little bit. <laughs> but speaking of some Godzilla, we did get in a game of Rising Sun. We did. Oh, that's right. I, I don't know if did I log our play of Rising Sun. I might not I have. Know, I did. Maybe you um, did. Get, you, I, you had your February code of beat a day I, early. The, the last time we played Rising Sun, I don't know what it was about that game. Maybe it's just an off night, but I had just, I was miserable during that game. But that game we played the other night of Rising Sun, I was just. 
this is you fantastic. Also, like doubled the next closest. I, I did phenomenally so, yeah, well. Yes, I did. Yeah. So and I, I at, at the end of the game, I was at zero points um, when uh, before the end game scoring. So Brady, have you ever placed like top three, two or three in that game? That there's a few games that really just have not clicked in my mind. I don't know what it is. Scythe is one of them, and Rising Sun is one. I just cannot figure out how to actually score points in that game. I can't figure it out. I don't know why. It's as my simple as Scythe, man. Yeah, my little, my little Scythe. Scythe. <laughs> and then you can play. Uh, you can play King of Tokyo instead of Rising yeah, Sun. Yeah, gotcha. I'm, I'm hoping I'm that... getting you the same games I'm getting my little man. You guys are like playing the same. Yeah, games. yeah. it'll be great. I can be in the court in the developmental milestones. Yeah. <laughs> bare minimum. I'm really hoping that um, Eric Lang kind of picks the ball up that he dropped with uh, Rising Sun. Oh, oh well, you are definitely in the minority, Brady. We're not even going to really acknowledge well, that. He did really well with Blood Rage. Then he kind of dropped the ball with Rising Sun. I'm they're they're he... completely different. Rising games. Sun does have some haters. I mean, I feel like people feel more strongly against it. Like Blood Rage, I feel like generally the sentiment is positive yeah. there are people who really love rising sun and it's rated highly on yeah on BGG, but you, it's, you can uh, definitely tell it's more of an experience yeah, right people do have strong feelings against it i'm not one of those people i love the game yeah, but, i think it's great um, i mean if but it's not a game that we're getting out like all these euros all the time i mean it's more of an open like you just can't go in there with a set strategy because things are constantly in flex and changing with it but it's getting me hyped for Ankh, gods of egypt um, that game's moving along, so hopefully it's not too much longer. I know they've uh, they've com- they've locked in their production uh, for it with their white boxes. Uh, that's like they essentially get a white, just plain copy sample of the entire game with the space and everything, and they've signed off on everything. Last time I checked, and so it should be coming soon, as well as Oath um, from Leader Games should be uh, hitting the shore soon. Uh, so we got a lot of hot titles coming in from the Kickstarter. It was funny because John. Uh, he's been on the podcast uh, twice now, so you're familiar with him. But uh, his he's just now getting into the Kickstarter after getting into the game group and stuff. And so he's fallen in love with Root. And so when that Marauders expansion came out, he saw uh, January 2022. He messaged like, what is this trash? Why are they waiting a year to get me this expansion? And we're just like, welcome to the world of Kickstarter. It's yeah. going to take longer. Yeah. And if you thought January 2022 was out outrageous just wait until they give you a couple i delays. honestly just try to stay away from the updates because i just want to be surprised when i come home one day and there's a box I was on like, my oh, door. yeah isn't that nice yeah <laughs> but the other game that we got in another play of is the king's dilemma mm-hmm. and uh that it's a rare one for us because it's the one game all six of yeah. us play so, yeah all six of us have to be available for it um and so what do you guys we've how many have we played probably like that was our seventh seventh like uh, so you can we can get together and play but like a session of king salon is like when the king either dies or is abdicated it takes Uh, about like 45 minutes to an hour probably yeah us per session uh and we play so we played that was our seventh yeah seventh session so what do you guys think about the the story so far with jacob you can start us off maybe you have a little stronger feelings yeah, I mean, the thing I like about King's Dilemma is the just the fun table table talk and banter about it, and you know, you know, essentially you're playing as the king's council. Um, and Very Game of Thrones esque. Yeah, you're yeah. together making decisions. Um, as to which route the kingdom will go on very, very some of them feel very uh, of little importance for a king's council, and some of them feel very important. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
they all affect your gameplay. And so you have secret agendas. And so, you know, it's like a, I don't know, a semi co-op half, half role-playing game where you work together and talk. So yeah. the, the, the table banter is fun. My just only question for it. And I think it still could be a ton of fun by the time we're done with it. And we could look on it very positively. I just feel right now, like we're aimlessly wandering. We, we don't have any win condition. We don't really know where we're going. I am not a huge uh, role-playing fan just of the you know i that that kind of gameplay isn't my thing I, I think it's great for the people who enjoy it endless creativity this kind of helps people who aren't great at role playing but it also kind of just feels like sometimes when somebody's reading a card and some of these cards have so much text on them that i just zone out and i'm not paying mm -hmm. attention to what's going on and i i vote purely not thematically i vote purely for whatever's going to help my agenda and, uh, and, and I, mean, I don't even know honest, if that's helping me. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to make me win the game at the <laughs> end. That's the not. best part of it, because like, yeah, like, and you really can't get. I've, I've, I've I think at first I was kind of like really going hard after my agenda, and I was like, um, yeah, kind of like getting frustrated at some points. But now I'm kind of like, oh, you know, it really doesn't matter because I have here no for the idea. Fun of it. I have no idea what's going to happen or how this helps me or if it helps me, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, well, I really enjoy it. Just. And what you said is like I not I sit down. I was like I don't really care if I win or lose. I'm just here to have the best experience possible. Lean into the theme of it. Trying to sometimes I just want to manipulate manipulate y'all's voting decisions just because. I just yeah. try to um, force people to pay me to, for decisions I'm already going to make. But as far as like the story and getting into, it, I felt like earlier on in the campaign when there were only a couple storylines, we were able to focus on those more. Like spoiler alert. Uh, um, there's one storyline early on in the game where like these people are going out on an adventure crusade to find this temple with these relics and gold and chambers and stuff. And so like you're making decisions on whether they continue or what direction they go or what the report is and results of their archaeology uh, expedition. So that, I felt like that was more involved because like our decision had like, do they turn, it's not as simple as this, but like, do they turn left or do they turn right? What's behind either door with the way they, they go? So that was more enjoying than enjoyable than like, Hey, there's someone out here who may be killing people. Do you hang him? Do you not hang him? Yeah, um, we don't. But there's yeah. like we have like four or five different like storylines going on right now, uh, and we haven't hit one of those like critical in-game condition triggers yet. We should probably in our next game we will hit one because I know there's some in the deck of like story cards. Um, but like you can't go into it expecting some like super tight mechanical type game that's just not what it is it's kind of like the same way i explained like poker or some other game like ti4 it's it's a game that facilitates player interaction yeah. and conversation and conversation yeah, more than that. it actually is like playing the game yeah and i think um yeah i i'm kind of with jacob there where i'm kind of at this point i i really want something to happen and i i think we need to be careful with um spoilers here uh but uh at this point, I wish it was a little more focused because you do end up getting on several storylines at a time and you kind of, by the time you get back to one, you kind of are like, you have to be reminded almost of like what is happening in that certain situation yeah. and then... You know, and it's fully possible decision. that we could be playing something wrong. Like we, we just don't know. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're playing everything correctly the way we're supposed to. But I honestly, yeah, if we had just stuck on like one like main storyline, more linear, yeah, yeah. And mm -hmm. but those so those decisions are like splitting past, and like you can't go back from this. Um, but like either way is fine. But, but yeah, yeah, I, I guess think like maybe I would like that more. 
thematically like you know the entire kingdom is coming to us with different yeah, stories exactly. all, so it could all be over. you know between one and another decision there could be several weeks thematically you know between those things in any given storyline yeah. so but it's it's great if you've got it's technically the game we talked about this four only plays up to five there's no reason that we found that you can't play six when i ordered the coffee i was inadvertently sent two so we had a couple got pulled a couple extra cards and tokens and pieces and upgraded to metal coins and uh, I don't know if we mentioned this before, but John got us all mugs with the um, our like, yeah. our faction, our house sigils on there, and so we're all yeah, sitting around the dope. table with our own mugs with our sigil logos on them and metal coins. So like we definitely you know upgraded the experience a little bit, but we've gotten into it. The thing is like you don't have a million options of games at six. You can either play an eight hour game. Or you could play a 45 to 60 minute. Like, there's not very many other than like non party games. So you can play 45 to 60 minutes with like a group of five to six guys that are like, like seriously trying to get into the experience that yeah. isn't like super long or a D&D campaign. Or Brady gets, Brady, you know, his mind starts to get breaking after a while if we play nothing but six player scythe or rising sun <laughs> after a while. So we yeah. changed it up a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So what is your all's feelings on like these legacy style games in general? Or, or Matthew, why don't you define what a legacy game yeah. is? Yeah. So legacy game is a, it's easy. You can kind of get mixed up with campaign games because you are going in a progression. Uh, but the easiest way to probably break down a legacy game is a game that you are fundamentally altering as you play. And if you compared your progress of playing this game either to its entirety from to another group that done it, it should look radically different. And that could be either by manipulating the board by pieces or by removing cards or making decisions that introduce new mechanics or rules into the game that may not have been introduced if you chose a different decision. Uh, but it's also a story campaign game usually along with it. Um, and a lot of times, like the pandemics, like when you get to the end of the game, you have a unique game of pandemic that you can actually play with that end result that's different than anyone else's. Uh, but it's that concept of physically altering the game as you play, as well as opening up envelopes or stickers or hidden items under the tray yeah. in the box. That is, it's, so and it's it, a sense of discovery as you're going yeah, as and well. You, you, and for a lot of uh, more intense gamers, it can feel so wrong because a lot of times it'll ask you to tear up you know, a card or a piece of or a piece of the rule yeah. book or whatever. Which is one and thing I appreciate with Kings of Limit because they have a little slot that you can just slide all your used cards yeah. down into instead yeah. of destroying them. I thought that was a pretty neat. Yeah. So, and we the us three along with uh, with mine and Jacob's wife um, are in uh, Betrayal Legacy. As are well. we still in Betrayal Legacy? <laughs> we haven't played we it haven't for played a while, it. and uh, uh, I think wild. it is kind of it kind of suffers from the same thing. Like we've probably played what four or five games at this point and nothing has the been prologue, different. The prologue was, was incredible. The, we were so excited. To phenomenal. Play after the don't get, we don't won't spoil anything. Yeah. Don't go. Oh, I won't spoil anything, the but prologue that was incredible. It's been the highlight and that's actually well, but, a, a, a super fun gaming moment that I look, look back on, but, uh, it was like four, it was super short, like 45 minutes. Right. Yeah. But it's like, that was one of the most unique, like gaming experience yeah. that I've ever had in a game. Yeah. And so I was, hyped out of my mind it's like yeah. what is in store for the actual gameplay but we yeah. played after that i feel like we've just played We're, five games of betrayal yeah mm -hmm. and betrayal kind of suffers you know and i like betrayal but it suffers from the the game just pauses so hard in the middle when you when the when the haunt happens and and you have to read your unique rules somebody's going to go in another room learn their rules but it's, it's not necessarily always clear so the game takes like a 15 20 minute and so pause. what do you do when that person who is who triggered the betrayal and doesn't fully understand the rules and it's like 
well, the only way we can really break this down and figure it out is if we just kind of break the immersion of it all. Yeah. Maybe, I mean, there's likely stuff we haven't discovered, but the only difference between regular patrol that right now is that we're having like keeping track of names of our characters. Yeah, so your house, you're, I mean, you're like, it's your lineage. Anyone can create that. Your lineage is going, it's like a different generation in your lineage and usually. And that's not them. necessarily a spoiler. I think that's yeah. like on the back. Oh, yeah, that is. The and there are like, and the other thing is like, there's items that you can claim with your house and, as you use it, it could deteriorate or get uh, do more. But like, did you pay seventy yeah. bucks for a new game just to have yeah, and a I, track for names in it? I really did not cards. like the regular game of Betrayal. I've, I've never really liked it. But we we had I or at least I had heard such great reviews. Yes, from like, people who didn't like the game. Yeah, and they were there. Yeah, they were like, hey, if you don't like Betrayal, you've got to pro- play Betrayal Legacy because it is like a whole different experience. And yeah, we're probably five games deep at this point, and. It's the same game. It's the same yeah. thing. Uh, there's, I want to get is there it, a, I want to including get the chance, prologue or epilogue. There's thirteen. Yeah, I believe total, 13. right? Because hour thirteen and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so we could just not have triggered the really cool mechanics, but it at, at the prologue was so like just it yeah, was simple. I'm not spoiling yeah. anything, but it was such a simple thing they did. But it was just literally everyone's mouth so was, intense, just, yeah. was just yeah. aghast. It was like, yeah. I can't believe that just happened. And it, by something so simple that everything else that they're doing is just a letdown. And yeah. it sounds like we're really kind of pooing on legacy games, but I will say Jacob, uh, Jacob and I and uh, Sage and Tara, our wives played through pandemic legacy. And that was the first one that I had ever played. I also don't really like pandemic or many co-op games. I, loved pandemic legacy yeah. it was season one was yeah, so season much one, fun it was so much fun there were like so many just stand-up moments in that game where we were just uh you know just living on like a card flip or well, there's not really dice rolls in that game but like you know people having to make real sacrifices in that game um mm-hmm. where you you know would lose things permanently throughout the the overall campaign and uh, yeah, that was that was incredible. Like one of definitely one of my most favorite like gaming experiences. Yeah, we had a ton ever. of fun with season one, and then we picked up season two. Yep. and we just got beat. And to the bar, a the I bar was so high. <laughs> uh, the expectations were so high. And um, I remember when, uh, yeah, and I don't know if anybody else has had this issue, but yeah, um, I feel like in Pandemic Legacy season one. Uh, every game was just very close. We either won or lost, and it was just razor thin. Um, and then, yeah, we just got clobbered in in season two. And I remember the moment where it just broke my soul was we we the four of us were around the table. I think maybe I went first, and we lost by my next turn. Yeah. So we started, uh, we lost the game. Were you by playing the- correctly? Uh, I'm, I, I believe, believe so. so. Uh, we we checked the rule book several times, like, uh, and it just felt like super it was unfortunate the way it came out. Yeah, and which yeah, is crazy because from it. like you all enjoyed Pandemic Legacy so much, but uh, um, Matt Daviau, I believe that's his no Rob Daviau, um, was involved with both Betrayal Legacy and the Pandemic Legacies. Yeah, yep. and um, different themes, different games. You know, they're working off different mechanics, and, and so. I. I I've heard that season zero or whatever is uh, is kind of maybe in between them or, or it's something. Gotten as I think it's kind of getting back to, towards yeah. yeah season it's one. a little more fun one. and adventurous, and I versus just brutal. Yeah, versus just brutal, and I, I would like to try. I also think the theme of like the Cold War and all that kind of stuff creating the really, virus, yeah, right? Sounds really fun. So yeah, I think it's because you got the yellow box. 
Yeah, and the the yeah, yellow box made all the difference. Yeah, the yellow box made all. If the I difference. could definitely, if I could recommend a way to enhance your your le- your pandemic legacy experience, it's buying the yellow box instead of for the season red. two. <laughs> yeah, uh, have there been any other legacy games that you'll play? Y'all played Jersey Middle Earth. That's not really as much of a legacy game as a, as a campaign yeah. game. Uh, for yeah, that, I you think, have Risk Legacy, right, Brady? Um, I do. It's sitting on my shelf. It's been sh- sitting on my shelf for like. Uh, probably two or three years at this point and it's never been open. Do you I, think it ever will be opened? Um, yeah, I think it will be. I mean, it, it, I've, it's gotten good reviews and it, it's competitive. So I think that would be, is there I a dice roll? I love the oh, it's risk. Yeah. I love the idea of playing risk legacy, but if we actually sat down and played it, I think it would be really hard to, I think we may have grown. Unless that first scenario is just so incredible that we come back and it it makes us wanting so much more, but risk itself. That's the thing. If it feels too much like risk, which I mean, it is a risk game, right? So how far can they depart from the core mechanics of the game? I I will say I, I grew up on, on risk. That was like my entry into board games. So I think I would love it for nostalgia reasons, even though, you know, we've kind of outgrown risk at this point. Would you love it for like twelve to fifteen hours, though? That's probably the question. Uh, if, if there's, there's not more, if there's enough, um, that's one story game. there, because <laughs> you know, and you guys know, I I really am not a big fan of like co-op games, and you guys are a big fan of Spirit Island, and I I do not like Spirit Island. Well, Brady, you haven't come, you haven't correctly played a game of Spirit well, Island yet. I. So my beef with a lot of like co-op games is, and the difference between the ones I like and the ones I don't like is uh, story and a sense of progression. So if there is something to discover in a game um, that could affect the next game or whatever, um, then generally I will, that kind of gives me enough motivation in the game where I feel like, you know, my decisions matter. Um, Where with, I don't know, with typically with a lot of other ones, I just it feels very anticlimactic whether you win or lose. I don't, I just don't feel very accomplished, like beating cardboard, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think also people, I guess you technically consider uh, Gloomhaven, Gloomhaven draws a line as legacy games uh, because you do have that aspect of adding stickers onto the map, making decisions, tearing up cards, choosing how you're going to, I mean, I, it's not as strong a legacy experience probably as the pandemics, but it does have those aspects in there. But honestly, I don't, I don't see the legacy games growing in popularity. Like other than pandemics, really, I feel it's more of the campaign story style games, you know, stuff like my city and everything coming out that people are gravitating more uh, than just, cause some of those legacy, it can kind of feel a little gimmicky. Yeah. It was like, I open up a yeah. rule book for a legacy game. It's like, okay, Half well, of the rule books had, are missing. I just got to put stickers on the rules as I go. It's like, oh, it's not had, fun. Um, you you were a big fan of Maracaibo, and it had some legacy aspects to it, but it, so, they were really just like kind of interchangeable yeah, modules. So if you wanted to, you could play with like this uh, kind of story mode, and as you flip out the cards, you can eventually add new tiles. But what's great about it is like, hey, they tell you, it's like if you just want to add these tiles and you don't have to worry about like adding them slowly as you play through this little story mode, these are the tiles. These are what they do. You can mix and match these tiles onto your game board of Maracaibo for whatever kind of play style experience you want. Um, so it's kind of a modular thing you can put onto the board to slightly change it up. But it's not. It's nowhere where I consider le- they are called legacy tiles, but they're the furthest thing from the traditional yeah. concept of legacy. And none of us really, I don't think, play like D and D, do we? 
Nobody. No. No. Yeah, I think um, your wife dabbles in the occult a little bit. <laughs> no, my wife joke. is just a joke. My wife is like deep in the sauce when it comes to D and D. She and she plays over. We have friends back back home from where we're from or where I'm from in Chattanooga. And so they actually play over Discord a lot, um, which is pretty cool. And I'm I'm all about it. She she loves uh, playing with those guys. I just really I don't know. I just really well, uh, right now on Kickstarter, D&D. there's a Lord of the Rings. I think maybe called One Ring um, role playing D and D style game where you're playing the characters from either Middle Earth or from the Hobbit or from the Lord of the Rings, and you're going on adventures to the different towns. Is like it's very specifically thematic in yep. the world of Lord of the Rings. And I feel like something like that would be a lot more interesting than just generic high fantasy. And I know I say generic high fantasy and y'all are going to be like, Oh, but this edition and this specific book and this campaign, I know there's a lot of story and details that I'm just yep. oblivious to. But to me, when I think of D and D, I think of a lot of generic high fantasy versus like, I am like personally integrated and intimate with the world of Middle Earth, and it's like yeah. that's something I've always dreamt of, like living in. It feels it feels realized, I guess, more yeah. than imagined. Like I can see the Shire, I can see Riverdale. Yeah, and uh, Jacob and I, sorry. Jacob and I played through uh, Journeys of Middle Earth, and I think that was one of my things you were missing with it. Well, yeah, I think. In Journeys of Middle Earth, you play as a lot of the heroes. You play, but as they're like generic. Aragorn. No, no, no. Or is they, it they, you? Yeah, you you play as the heroes. Okay. It's like Aragorn, mm-hmm. Legolas. They all have their own abilities. And yeah, different I skill sets. and I almost wish they would have just come up with generic characters. So you, you can put your little um, personality. Yeah, so them. you could role play a little bit because there were a lot of times where I'm like, eh, like Aragorn wouldn't make this decision, or Aragorn wouldn't you know do this. Yeah. But if I could come up with my own character, then I, I and the thing is, uh, John and Stephen are much more into D and D than than we are. Um, they actually have a session going on with some other people yeah. uh, throughout they, every now and then throughout the month. No, they do that on or, Saturday nights. So, okay, yeah, um, so here and there. Um, but I wouldn't be. There's things they call one shots or one offs. Yeah, um, I'm doing and, one next uh, week or this weekend. Actually, yeah, and so it can be friends. literally everything from your traditional D and D to some of the Lord of the Rings, or you can do a cyberpunk, or you could do something historical, or you can do it like literally anything. I just you can be find a character that gets killed off in a really dramatic way. Well, yeah. So it's literally it's the one session. You don't have to be committed, but I would be interested in doing something with like that with you all. I think it definitely, obviously, with yeah. anything you do, makes it a lot better experience with people you know. You can you can. Rub, push someone's button, give them a hard time. You don't have to worry about, well, that person's yeah, going to never wish, talk like, to me again. Yeah, I almost wish the six of us could, because I think the downside is there has to be like a game master. I almost wish the six of us could just like hire a really good uh, game master so that we could all play, you know? I, I guarantee you. So that's on Fiverr. Yeah, or, or I'm sure somebody, uh, we could pay money to do that over some uh, FaceTime. That or could be, a, I, just, I might have just opened up a new career That right could there. be a side hustle of yours, Brady. Yeah. Maybe not even uh, a side I don't, hustle. I mean, there may be, there may be some, uh, I'm not good enough role playing with, uh, type uh, games voices. where that doesn't need a uh, GM as much and everyone's kind of involved. Yeah. My friend um, from Chattanooga, um, he, I went to school with him. He graduated with a theater degree, so he is great yeah, with awesome. all of the voices and getting really into the characters. Uh, that's Alex, he's a really good uh, uh DM, GM. Dungeon master. It depends on your tomato, tomato. Are you hardcore? Are you? You're gonna make some enemies uh, with that statement. I know. Yeah, I mean nowadays, like critical role is just huge. They're yeah. mammoth. They got their own animated series coming out with the the party of nine or whatever they call it. Um, and and uh, and Matt Matt Mercer and stuff. I mean, they're he's just he's like the the godfather of mm-hmm. uh, being a dungeon master and stuff. And I didn't realize, you know, Ellie. 
The voice. Do you know who the voice yeah. actor is for Ellie? Here's People, your trivia. Well, Do you know her name? Um, Ashley. I can't remember what it is. Ashley Johnson. Ashley Johnson. Yeah. And the listeners don't know, but I have a deep obsession and love. Yeah, man for crush. The on what? No, the man for, crush. I don't know. Man, no, the uh, last, for, the for the Last of Us. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, for the Last of Us franchise. So I, I did figure out that Ashley Johnson was on Critical Role. Yeah, but so it's it's cool, it's interesting. I just don't know that I would just be into all the highfalutin, loosey goosey nonsense. <laughs> Yeah. For I think like I just want more like eight hours a week rules. for the next 10 years. Like some of these people have literally been playing the yeah. same uh, Dungeon Dragons yeah. game for 10 but years. I, I mean, I, I, kudos to them. I mean, I, I think oh, yeah. it's such an imaginative oh, yeah. creative. I mean, what people love about Minecraft, that's what they love about this, about D&D. You're building this world in your, in your imagination together and you're creating a story. There's and, no and limits. I have like, I, I have nothing. It, I'm not good at it probably because I'm just limited by my own imagination and creativity. But some people are much more imaginative and creative than me, and I and I think that's awesome. Yeah, I I would probably enjoy it more if there was like we were halfway taking it serious. Like whoever was GMing or DMing the game, like was like pretty like these are the strict rules of the world we live in, and it's just not. Hey, I'm just gonna go stab a troll yeah. and have your head chopped off, probably, and you have to create a new character every other hour. Yeah, I'd probably enjoy a more. Um, what is it? What is it called when it's just, the fantasy is just more grounded, like grimdark? Is that kind of what? Where um, like magic has more like rules, it's more sciency than it is just sort is of. Is it called grimdark? That sounds more a little. I think it's called grimdark. That's that what sounds, that sounds high fantasy. It sounds a little more high fantasy, but <laughs> I, I know what you're saying though. It's it's more always as much as <laughs> magic is, uh, but it's more grounded. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in reality, versus just like strange beings yeah. and and like high, 14 different uh races of yeah and there's 17 and necromancers that have three different affiliations yeah. to earth wind fire my I mean, like critical mind thinks of how many different types of bathrooms and stuff that you would have to have in a given city to like accommodate <laughs> for all of those creatures and That's all of that hilarious. kind of stuff like i just think of all of like the logistical yeah. nightmare of having like 14 different races all living in the same city and that kind of yeah, stuff yeah the gnomes can't go to the same bathroom as the yeah. Tars and the pixies and, and you know all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so we we got where are off we on at? a where are we at? Huge gentlemen? tangent right there. Whoop. Let's bring it back. Jacob, okay. We can't have you on the podcast anymore. Yeah, I, mean, I don't you're, feel like I said anything. You're, right, you're but just master of chaos. Shout out to you know all of our our listeners who also play D anD. d We we are not opposed to D anD. d We I don't know. I, I think we. Mm. When we have, when we can we're get, filthy casuals. Yeah, when, when we get Stephen on, we're gonna have him talk more and more about D and D because he he's got all the sauce for it. Uh, also, we have a new game coming into the fold. It's kind of like talking about almost feel like we're foster parents. We're bringing in new children to the to the family all the time. But a new game we're bringing in is Bios Origins uh, by Sierra Madre Games. And if you're familiar with this at all, you know that this is a heavy beast. Playing is four point eleven out of five on BG for the. Oh, complexity gosh. rating yeah. scale. Um, so I, ho- I think it's coming in Tuesday. So maybe sometime this week, maybe David and I are going to get in a two-player game. Just we're going to learn the game. We're going to read the rule book. Then we're going to play a two-player game so that we can teach you all to play it with us. But Yeah, and it, for those of you who maybe aren't as familiar with the BGG weight rating system, like Settlers of Catan, which a lot, a lot of people are familiar with, is like a 2.3, I believe. Is that high? It's a two point three out of five. Yeah. So, which actually almost makes it sound not as bad. It makes it sound like um, 
like this game is twice as heavy as Catan, and I would honestly say it's probably like ten. <laughs> no, this is exponential. Yeah, this is an exponential yeah. growth. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so before you know, we, we can talk a little bit more about bias origins in our next segment. We're going to go ahead and go into that. Um, so this is what did you call it? The state of the play. Instead state of like of state the of the union, it's the state of play. State this of is the where play, we yeah. are in our current yeah. current state here. So we're two months into twenty twenty one. One sixth of the way. One sixth of the way. One of my resolutions for the year was to be more diligent about tracking games. I'm I'm hosting a board game podcast at this point, so I need to be, you know, legit and track my place. So uh, we're going to go through some of our board game stats and pull out some interesting um, stats. Yeah, stats and overviews and all that. Well, they're pretty unimpressive for this month for myself. I must say, um, somehow code names made it to number two played game this month. Um, Now, I play. I played it twice. Well, you play code names. You play them back to back. Games of that. Um, but at Fleet the Dice game, which we've talked about recently, uh, I've gotten several plays of that. I think I actually played it three times. I've just missed a log of it. Um, we've gotten Marco Polo in a couple times as well. Uh, we've hit. SVO. Wait, 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 wait. Okay, before we go too deep there. So, what is everybody's most played game? My... Well, it's it's by far and away, gentlemen. It's not even close. All right, on the count of three, one, two, three. Root. root. Yeah. yeah, but we're gonna move I, on because we I talked feel, too much. Yeah. <laughs> there, With, there, when we look at the analytics, we're gonna see a huge drop off yeah. after that word right there because like they're tired of hearing us talk about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that is due to a lot of the digital of the digital stuff. Yeah. But, actually, right. we've already so, gone into all didn't that. Log, like I said, I didn't log anything for February, so I didn't log any of those plays. So my most played game is actually Wingspan of so, so far in 2021 mm-hmm. with with only three only three plays. Um, Wingspan's good, and then I have several tied for two. But the highlights for me are the crew, the quest for Planet Nine. Have you all been playing that more? Is it you? You all and the wives are still playing right. that. You no, uh, we, had, we, we that played game. it once with just the guys, and you never invited me back. We've got so <laughs> yeah. Well, we won't we won't go into. I that. like trick taking uh, games. That just. It's just we've had so much fun with that game. Yeah, um, and just really, a, being competitive really versus cooperative, I think, is where it loses me a little bit. Yeah, I I think maybe a little bit too. It is fun to play with the wives because it's it is a real like brain bender for like you know trick taking games can be very complex, and so those moments where you're like, okay, how do I get this person? to win this yeah. card or something is very fun. But it just captures the essence of playing cards, like of just sitting across the table with friends and playing cards. And I enjoy that so much. And we yeah. just, it's it for, you say it's a brain bend, but I actually feel like it's a relaxing game for some reason. Those kind of games to me are, like, it is. I, I enjoy the puzzle though. Yeah. And then, uh, I have to just mention this cause it's one of my favorites, a little, a little more random, but the quacks of Quay Lindbergh with two plays this year. And I, I know it's, that it's, it's really great that much, but relative to all my plays, we've been, I've diversified pretty good this year, but it's a great game. I got the, uh, the upgraded bits from board game uh, geek. Yeah, did you do it? Did you get the expansion they ones? They just changed the game. They are like, when wow. you shake Why that bag, you tell and me you about the this. click clacks and I've then your telling, bag is heavy yeah. and you, you reach down in and pull out this just, mm. Oh, it's just I've been telling you what I said. I told you, you have to get like, it is worth the very first time I played it. I played with those with the guy and they were fantastic. And then I went to, cardboard bits i just don't feel like i played enough to spend 60 70 bucks did you get well, the expansion was, bits yes. as well yeah yeah so i have the herb witches and so the now you got to play it a lot more bits. right so here's the thing though like so it's going to cost you about the price of the game again 
to get the bits. Oh, it's like double the price, it, right? It's no, more. It's no, well, it's the, the, the cost of the game and the expansion is the same cost yes. to get the upgraded bits and the expansion bits. Yeah. So you're doubling the cost but of the game and expansion. More but. than any other game, that, yeah, yeah. that it's game, quality it, of life. It, yeah, it changes the game. Because the cardboard bits have gotten so played a lot. They're starting to get a little sticky. Yeah, and so you just not nasty. It's just like the, the 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 ink is starting to wear off on it. So you can get other options too. Etsy has a ton of three D printed, like, but none are as good pieces, as those board game bits. Go, but the board game bits for board acrylic. game geek are just so, they did them well. Yeah, so we can be kind of bougie. I I would be interested to hear from listeners like if you had like what is it like one hundred and twenty dollars? Would you are you buying two games or are you buying one game and and doubling up on it to upgrade it to be yeah. like super premium? I just I would love to hear. I think it. for me the the thing was I didn't do it at once, so it, yeah. the, it didn't sting as much. You know, if you pay for it over time, it doesn't hurt the same way as like oh, yeah. things, oh, I, just dropped, I just dropped one hundred twenty dollars on this game. It was yeah, like, Jacob, I bought you... the game, then I bought the expansion, and then after playing a couple times, I bought the upgraded. Probably bits. closer to one forty. So uh, it was uh, like, it was worth it. That's yeah, all. So it's like, Jacob, would you, you like know. to spend one hundred forty dollars for Quacks of Quedlinburg? Yeah, if you just ask me that and right now, like, I would there's say not no. a chance in the but world. Progressively over time, as I get more paychecks, and you know, but it's just abide so by David's forty dollars. You slide, you slide, you slide those budget. purchases behind your wife's back. But it's no, just she so, loves that game. It's so tactical because, yeah. or tactile, I guess. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you're like it's a bag. It jingles. You're like reaching. Oh, in it there, really kinda, jingles now. You're really oh. kind of rummaging around in there. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I can, I could. If it I had that game, I would definitely more than any other upgraded bits. I've gotten a game changer. Yeah, uh, I've gotten their board game bits for that, and then also got it for um, uh, Mombasa for the books. I got those upgraded books from Mombasa with board uh, the uh, the bits there on Board Game Geek. I got the resources for Underwater Cities. Uh, for those geek up bits, yeah, yeah, those are good too. Um, I I don't know. We didn't. A lot of people like the um, the wingspan acrylic bits uh, on there as well. But honestly, those wooden screen printed tokens those are cool. Are are the best ones that I've seen. Yeah. So Brady, what are some of your uh, most played games or yeah, highlights? So too? we got we got the root, but my second one is the Grim Forest. This is kind of is your month. number two for the month or it's the year for the year. The uh, Grim Forest. All right. I, this is right. like breaking Matthew, Matthew's Matthew, mind. Matthew, Gentlemen, easy. What easy, are we doing easy, here? Easy, easy. <laughs> and easy. I, I've gotten a lot of plays in because I stole this copy from Matthew, and I do intend on paying you for that eventually. Um, once I get some cash. <laughs> <laughs> Venmo, uh, dude. What are you talking? What do you? Yeah. Venmo is. Hey, paying. listen. I take credit cards. I take IOUs. I also plan on painting that game. But Bitcoin. I, I'll, take, I really I'll take like Bitcoin. It. We played it a lot with my friends in Knoxville. I taught it to um, my wife's parents. I I took it um, last weekend and played it, and it, it's just such a uh, lighthearted little fun game. And I don't, it's like not technically Disney, but it's got a lot of Disney characters, so it's very like approachable. Well, it's open IP, so like the Grim, yeah, yeah. the Grim uh, fairy tales, uh, all the stories, the Rapunzels, and all that kind of stuff. They're all open source IP. Yeah, that's why like you constantly see all these like Cinderella and Little Mermaid movies from these different studios. It's all considered open IP. Yeah. anyone can make stories with it. So yeah, so <laughs> the Grim Forest, strangely enough, is uh, my second at at five plays. Every I've got like four or five at at four plays. It's I, perfectly fine, like game. I just yeah, I I know. You pick on because there's so much, there's so much random that can happen in the game. But I, I think one thing that just goes to actually my place too, and there's a, a bunch I didn't list sitting at that higher play count, and ones that I just play regularly. But the, what I find, and I think Brady, we, we, you know, we interact with similar people where we have our game group where we play the heavier games, and we play with you guys the most. But when I'm outside the game group, I play these 
a lot lighter, easier to teach games. People do not want to sit through 20, 25 minutes of rules. So I find myself playing these like easy to explain type games, easy to pick up type games. Like Quacks, I love teaching because you can literally, I have the bags just set up with the initial starting setup. And then I just say, let's play, let's play the first round real quick. You'll understand everything. And then um, I just walk through it with them. It takes five minutes. And I mean, Grim Forest doesn't take long to explain. It's, it's easy. So I just find myself with these, these lighter games so they get higher play counts, even yeah. if they're not necessarily, you know, the, yeah, the, the greatest game. I think we suffer from the situation where they call a, uh, an echo chamber. It's like we're just around each other more than others. And so I just got this echo chamber of just like what I, my expectations for the average gamer should be like. Yeah, no, it's I good to branch think. out and see what humanity looks like, man. But yeah, Hadara is just really climbing for me in general. I like these sort of like, I guess in our group, they would be like light to midweight games, but in the general population, they'd probably be like, I think mid, we classify them as lightweight games. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But in, but Hadara, I love that game. Oh man, it's so good. What about it is that the, is it drafting? Um, to me, there's not much out of that game outside the drafting, and even then, the drafting isn't the most strong. I love mechanic. that, like to to like really do well in that game, you kind of have to have a lot of things go right. So just like that tension of going, like, oh man, I need, I have to draft this card, and I don't know. It's so, just I mean, fun. sometimes you can definitely feel I'm losing, but at no fault of my own though. Just because the way yeah, the cookie true, crumbles, but, but that's kind of like the risk that you have to take. I, I, yeah. But that's yeah, that's true with Ill, most lighter games. It's just yeah. to make a, a game lighter, you you don't have to explain randomness. You yeah. do have to explain strict mechanics. So yeah. an easy way to make these games lighter is with randomness. And there's nothing wrong. I mean, like Quacks. I enjoy Quacks. I think it's a great game. I'd definitely play that more than Grim Forest. Um, yeah, and I think it's like light enough to where yeah. I, I feel like I can play Hadara with just about anybody. At this point, so I, I think I would definitely play that over base Seven Wonders. I think oh, for sure. Uh, but Seven Wonders Duel though is, is pretty great. What's, you high, got, what's high on your play count, Matthew? Uh, my number two is, and I, it breaks my heart we haven't played it more. Is Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion? Mm. I am just so jazzed up on Gloomhaven right now. Um, I I uh, did all the Kickstarter backed all the. Uh, the Frost Haven, all the extras, metal coins, upgrades, all that stuff. Um, you need I your just, own shelf for it. It's going to huh? get its own shelf. Yeah, it's going to get an own cube it's in my uh, shelf. Yep. Absolutely. No, you need but a whole shelf for it. Just the sheer weight of it. i got to get some support <laughs> beams. I, it's just, the studs. I enjoy, the, now, I, we were talking about the D&D stuff. I now, I enjoy fantasy themed. I enjoy all that kind of stuff and from books and films and TV shows. I think it just leaves so much room for the imagination. But I think a lot of these games suffer from the feeling like they have to just dive deep into the sauce for people to enjoy it. Um, like, a, I don't know what is like mage night or whatever it, it might be. But with Gloomhaven, I feel like it gives the persona that it's a lot deeper and like grittier kind of fantasy, but on a surface, it's really not. Um, it's something like the text is readable. These these names of places and things aren't just like someone's just smashing their keyboard with their head in frustration to create these fantasy names. But it's it's funny because it's true. It's like it's just an yeah. X Y triple T C Z character name or something. But it's Elon like Elon Musk's kid. Yeah, I mean you can you can 
absorb what's going on in the world, but you get to still do a lot of cool fantasy type actions and upgrading. I think that's probably the thing I like the most is the upgrading system for your characters. Uh, and there's even more that you can do in actual Gloomhaven. They're going to be doing more in Frosthaven. You just get a very tiny taste of the character upgrades available uh, because you can't even put stickers on, like upgrade stickers on your character cards, which is something you can do in the base mm -hmm. game of Gloomhaven. And there's just so many things that you can do, uh, like engine building style for it, and the way that you actually do actions. The game is super puzzly. I just played another game of Five Tribes the other night, and I, I don't know that you guys are as high on it, but I actually absolutely adore it. For four players, you can play in 45 minutes, and you get depends this. on your four players. Huh? <laughs> I, I was just saying, it depends on your four players. That game, I I, I really enjoy it, but it lends itself to I, so I much. I seriously AP. want to look and get some more expansions for it. All over the place in but, that game. Well, I yeah, I, well, I purposely choose don't play it with people that I think either do do that or think they would. But my favorite the, thing about that game is when somebody's kind of looking at the board, and I'm like. Ooh, yeah, I see the best move. <laughs> you're such a hey, troll. Oh, bro. my gosh. <laughs> oh, man. You don't see the, that one. The puzzly nature of that, and you're constantly having to... It's not like, okay, I know a move. I just got to wait three turns to take my action, which is a lot of games we play. It's like, oh, I know what I want to do. I just got to wait till it gets my turn. You're constantly having to adapt and change your puzzly strategy as you're going uh, through it. And so that's why I love, too, about Gloomhaven is that the way you play your cards, the way you time either the cards that you have to discard after you exhaust them or discard them after you play them, how long do you keep them in? Because if you ever looked at the statistics, there's like how long you can survive in a round drastically changes by the timing you used for those trash yeah. card after Matthew usability. Matthew and I learned that the hard way on a yeah. second yeah. game. <laughs> and, there's, and there's legit tension. It does cooperative game, but there's hardly a time where we feel like we are just and just so much yeah. control that it's not tight and it gives you just enough communication, but still you can't communicate everything. So you're still making your own decisions. There's no way I'm going to memorize your entire player's deck, which is one of the things we love about spirit Island is right. that we can, we, we have to, no quarterback we have to put effort into trying to help each other because it's just hard enough to play our own factions. And then, so you, your energy is just trying to offer up help, which I feel like we can get that in, in Gloomhaven or Jaws of the I know, Lion. There's a lot of tension because, I mean, I got to, I, there's this bad guy I got to kill over here, but there's also four coins yeah, over I gotta here that I got to, yeah, I got to run over there really quick and grab Brady, those. I just can't else stand can. playing with this guy. He takes any opportunity he can to go pick up coins. Uh, he does. And it's just so frustrating as Brady, because Brady's character is the Void Warden and he's got some no, massive. No, 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 no. I, I'm the hatchet. Oh, the hatchet. Yeah. Which, which he's, he's a ranged you, character. So but I you don't. have some, some amazing combos you can do and just wipe yeah. players out. And so you're one of our gunners, a ranged attack, and you're just going up and plinking up coins no, everywhere. Well, the it's nice just... thing is that I can attack from range, so I can go over and grab a coin real quick and attack at the same time, where everybody else has to kind of keep moving forward. It's just so frustrating when I'm here just laying my life out on the line. But, it, <laughs> but, like but the game between. is just so, it's so just good with that. i for my work. Yeah, and then you get to build out your map, and then you get to choose what directions you want to go, city events. But the thing is, Frosthaven is build, bringing city building into the game. It's bringing crafting into the game with items. You get to do you want to spend your resources collectively to build a barracks? Do you want to build up the wall to protect yourself from like a, a like the a city, like the, the defense games and stuff? Uh, do you want to build up stuff for your items, for your market? I mean, I, I'm just so jazzed about it because it's it gives me that fantasy immersion experience without... I don't have to go full on D&D. &D. So that one's only going to take like people 10 years to finish? Is uh, that yeah. what you're telling me? Okay, Brady. Matthew, I you haven't even gotten Oathsworn in the mail yet. Okay, I'm going to get my copy of Frosthaven in the mail 
and we can play it for probably a year or two before you ever get O-Sworn. I love that I get to see, sit between uh, America's favorite dysfunctional board game duo right here. Oh my goodness. So sweet. Okay, so yeah. speaking of dysfunctional board game duo, let's have a little popularity contest really quick. So what on our board game stats attracts the players that you play with? So who is your Wait, most that, played I, with player? Oh, okay. For this month or the entire year? The entire year. Okay, well... I All right, so my... Uh, I've had 75 plays total, and for 40 of those plays, I have played with Mr. Matthew Graham wow. over here. Yeah, buddy. He's number one. The next highest player is David at 26, so you're almost double double the next player. I'm at 40%. 40, 40 plays. plays higher out than 40%. Of, yeah, it's, it's over 50%. Yeah, it's like 55%. I, uh, Brady, okay. Brady, you are, again, I, I didn't, I didn't log anything through February. I probably had 10 to 12 plays in February. It was not a, a huge month for me, but, uh, Brady, you're my most with, out of my 32 plays I have logged, uh, you have 24 plays wow. with me. That's a very that's, high percent. Yeah, that's like 80. Wow. Yeah. And then Matthew, you're second with 19 mm-hmm. and then John with 17 and my wife Sage with 15. All right, this is this the page that you section that you're looking at? Because it you I have to have 69 plays, no. but it says I played 44 right of them. Right here. Oh, uh, okay, but it still only lists my name 44 plays. Well, man, well, you, you got go to go put yourself in the plays. Well, I think oh, uh, what it might be in January. I wasn't keeping track of the players. Yeah, yeah. is what it was. Oh, okay, his, his, his is a wash. We'll we'll look at it. Yeah, later. but but for Next those year, the ones I did, but I see my name oh, yeah. at the top of the list. But there. yeah, but the ones that I did <laughs> keep track of. Um, uh, of the ones I had kept, so this number should be significantly higher. Brady's at 31 plays. Mm. Uh, John, 24. David, 18. Jacob, 18. Steven at 7. Um, and Caitlin, shout out. Uh, there's another shout out for John's girlfriend. Oh, my word. We're still really proud of them. John, They're still I can, together. I can see your red face from here. Yeah. We're she just got excited in on two plays. to have John and Caitlin on to the next cabin trip. We're trying to grow our cabin, our, our uh, own <laughs> Listen, uh, man, convention. they may have, like, I mean, it, logistically, they could have kids by the time we go on our next cabin trip. <laughs> oh my god, you're putting a lot of pressure on them. Okay, oh, absolutely. So I'm just like grinding. You know how you know how you make a diamond, Brady? What? You know how you yeah, make a diamond? Pressure, I guess unsurmountable yeah. pressure. All right. I'm okay. sorry, John and Caitlin. I'm so sorry. All right. So, what is your most popular? This is we're getting really into the numbers here, so we'll go quick. But what is your most popular player count? Because there's six people in the group. So, yeah, um, my most popular player count is five. Just slightly uh, edging out four. Mine's four. Almost almost tied five and four uh, together. Um, and then it significantly drops off to three mine, and then drops off to four seven. as well. Yeah, yeah, mine's four as well. Four. Yeah. Which is to be expected uh, for it. But I'm honestly, yeah. And then I have the tiniest sliver is two players. Because there's only literally been like three or four two-player games. Alrighty, um, so what are what are some of the games that are on the list that you want to see, that maybe you want to see take first place, you know, going into March? For the first place. place, well, first place only, ha- I only have to get three total play or four total plays to get in the first place. One I really want to be a lot of games. One, for one I really want to play more of, and I'd be willing to play this game three times in the next month is uh, Dwellings of Eldervale. Had a great, and yeah. I really enjoyed my first play of that. Okay, you can't see this, but Bray just had a seizure over I here. I really enjoyed my first <laughs> play. Of that. Listening to, to Jacob say that, I really enjoyed my first play of that, and um, Brady's not going to. I played yuck it on my yums Twi- uh, twice. Um, yeah. What else on here do I really want to see a lot more of? Uh, Great Western Trail, yeah, gentlemen. I was actually just looking at oh, the Great Western Trail. 
I mean, we got to prep ourselves for the second edition. Yeah, we do. It's just as simple as that. It's coming in the summer. We got to at least get another 20 plays in before we throw away our copies <laughs> and buy a new one. I do want to get another play or two of Lost Ruins of Arnak in. Yeah, I got that, that played again the other night. Um, it's good. Vindication. <sighs> I enjoyed We played Vindication at the very beginning of the year. It was like New Year's Day or the day after. Yeah, it was uh, one of the very first I things really we did. I really enjoyed that, that first game. We definitely understood. It was a weird game. It, yeah. it is, I would say it's very strange. And we didn't touch all the other kind of little modules and uh, leaders and alliances you can have in the game. It's, it is very strange. It's not intuitive i guess is the best way to say it. it's yeah. so different i wouldn't say it's hard it's just very different and it literally takes a play of it to just yeah. kind of get a, it plays quick though like once somebody oh yeah. else starts taking their turn and you can take your we did it's play like longer than we for... should have because we didn't realize we were actually triggering yeah. some end game because like yeah. whenever someone <laughs> oh, yeah. passes a milestone you add additional end game triggers that any one of them could trigger at the end of the game so we definitely need another yeah. uh play into that all those games i just mentioned except for great western trail I've only played once, and so I just need to play them again to refresh, so, or else I'm going to uh, forget Another one that we've just got one play in so far is Fu Chang Madnet. Never played. Which, played it, it Brady pointed to me like I was about to say what was on his heart. Yeah, I thought I thought I was really I thought you were, we were feeling each other there. I, it was mine was going to be Teo Tawakan. Oh, I, 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 Brady, we're, I've been we're going to get that played so the, much. I've been chomping at the bit to play that because <sighs> I was really disappointed when we we went casual on that and played like just the base game, no asymmetric powers, no setup or whatever. So I'm real. I've been really wanting to play. That with all of the goodies, Brady. You say it. that, but if I started explaining that to you, it'd have been like the time we played in Anachrony. I was like, "Oh, and here's one more other one thing more that you got to learn about." Um, um, but yeah, we're definitely going to get. Well, Jacob, you just have to get those games played to begin with. I know you've been missing out on. I, I mean, self-proclaimed king Teo. of Euros, you're hitting. You're missing all the heavy hitters here. Amen. I will Edward. say one of my one of I I played this four times, so I've probably played it like twice as much as you have and it's your game is lost runes of our neck so and i have been really liking that one so i, I wouldn't mind playing <sighs> yeah that i mentioned it just a second ago i played it again it's like my third or fourth game of it uh, i i i don't want to necessarily happening? say that i'm feeling the like you've replayability seen you feel like you've seen it all well i haven't seen all of it because there's a lot of cards we haven't necessarily like you picked and played but i don't feel like i'm doing much different in yeah. the game as far as like strategy because obviously no one who has won the game has not gone up to that top of the track people who go up to the top of the track are either first or second place and that's just that's just a short and sweet of it you don't get to the top of that track or significantly close or you go a heavy heavy monster strategy you're just not going to win um with it yeah um, and so it's not necessarily a bad thing right it doesn't have to be a super heavy euro game it can be something we consider to the you can't consider it a light game. I, it's a medium I weight like game. It. It's really it's it's fantastic really theme. But I think an expansion, content modular type expansion, would add that could add a little more depth and replayability. And um, when I say replayability, I guess that means uh, for me, replayability is like variability. That yeah, that's the yeah. term I want. Variability yeah. and setup. And does it thing is something as simple as like Great Western Troll. We talk about all the time. The big variability is like what order are those original tiles coming out on the board. And then what side is everyone's personal player uh, buildings on the board going to be? Yeah. I mean, something as simple as just flipping over tiles gives it huge replayability. We need like generic, we need asymmetric powers with generic versions of like Laura Hall Croft, yeah, Laura, Indiana, Jones, Indiana Jones, the guy from uh, um, Alan Quartermain, King uh, Solomon's Mines, all that kind of Carmen stuff. San Diego. What's the guy's name? The Drake <laughs> guy from the video game? Nathan Drake. Nathan from Drake. Uncharted. Oh, yeah, Nathan Brady. Drake. <laughs> 
Get it together. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, we need those with asymmetric powers and just we, no different uh, spins on them. We love, uh, well, I was going to say we love video games, but I feel like we and at least the three of us right here, especially me getting into 2020 with more free time on my hand, was like we love these like story-driven, um, a lot of them single-player, but like world, semi whether it's open world or story-driven games, we love them. And I feel like that also kind of pairs with our enjoyment for board games. Some of these like mechanical yeah. story driven story, type games yeah. that you can really Just delve like into. mediums for storytelling. Yeah. Board yeah. games. I think it'd be interesting. We can kind of do a little bonus episode for like kind of storytelling and video games immersions. Like I'm not a looter shooter, shoot them up, call of duty type. A looter video. shooter. That's wow. what they're called. That's a, that's a style. That's, a style that's what they're called. Oh, is it really? It's like yeah. Borderlands, that kind of game. Fortnite, all that kind of jazz. And that's just not me, but I enjoy stuff yeah. like The Last of Us or uh, Horizon Zero Dawn or Red Dead Redemption 2 God or God of War, um, all that kind of stuff. Where Jacob, Jacob God of War is probably the most. The shooter game. He plays all the 12 year old games. Yeah, yeah I do. Call yeah. Of Duty. He, spends, he spends $150 for a game where he runs around in a circle and shoots people. Yeah. <laughs> spend zero dollars on that game but microtransactions yeah, will get you stay away from microtransactions people yeah Uh-oh. Um, sounds like a story you can't take them with you <laughs> yeah so really honestly i want to get more of these i mean it's typical but more of these euros in um the marco polos the teos uh, we still got praga capit regni capital region of praga we haven't gotten a play in yet that artwork yeah, gentlemen so, yeah, next, when you really hang on so you're jumping ahead here so i'll let you continue but what games um, haven't made the list oh. yet this year that you want to jump on the list. Praga, so, absolutely. Uh, we need to get this played in sooner, gentlemen. The artwork on this board is just the most immersive, amazing, beautiful artwork you've ever seen in a game. It is phenomenal, um, and hopefully the the mechanics of it and the gameplay hold up as well because it's by the same designers, Underwater Cities, which we absolutely love. Jake and I both have you know full pimped out copies of that game. Um, so I have really, really high hopes. Uh, for whatever reason, um, Cloud Age is still sitting on my shelf. Oh just, yeah, we yeah. Need, I yeah, completely forgot that. about and, Cloud and Age. It's not because uh, like February has been an insane month. Yeah. Uh, for, for us, all of us I, yeah. I mean, I've almost spent the month of February out of town half the time uh, for work. And so and we've just been uh, we've been reduced to these digital gamers. To to give you all a picture of how. Um, how big of a junkie Matthew is. He has been working out of town like two. Two hours out of town, an hour and a half. Hour don't, and don't, a half. don't, so don't what shave does this me man like that. Do when we come, when we are playing games, he drives uh, an hour and a half to play after work to play with us for one night, and then it's drives love, an it's an hour and a half well back to Knoxville to be at work the next morning. So this this man is doing just, it for the boys. Yeah, he's uh, well. My options were okay. Dedication. I I get off work five o'clock. Uh, do I just spend all night just chilling in my hotel room doing nothing? Or do I? Of course not, because there's board games being played. In there's Johnson the boys, City. yeah, absolutely. Yep. And so <laughs> no I spent th- I spent th- three hours playing, three hours driving. Worth, worth. <laughs> I'm still I'm still here, still rocking. Listen, we're living that rock and roll lifestyle, man. This is what rock stars feel yeah, like. Minus we're in the our co- 20s. Minus the cocaine and viral venereal diseases, yeah. we're living it. You know. <laughs> Um, for you, me, uh, you mentioned Underwater Cities. We have not, I, I have not played that this year uh, yet. I want to get a plan of Underwater Cities. Gentlemen, um, we just have to sell half sure. of our board game collection so I, we can focus on the good stuff. I want to, <laughs> I want to play another game of uh, Lords of Hellas. Um, we, uh, all right, Jacob, I, I want to ask I'm you. I'm a huge fan of that game. Um, I know the hate on it, but do we, you le- honestly, like, I mean, I own the game. I yeah, painted yeah. the game. I've got it. Uh, 
what is your honest opinion on it as far as mechanically do you enjoy more for the experience you get or for like the gameplay? I think I enjoy it just more for the experience. I think it's just the theme uh, is super the cool. Theme really, it's beautiful game, and you know, kind of the criticism of Awakened Realms that our group has at least is you know they uh, they are really shiny. They make them beautiful. They get all these uh, Kickstarter exclusives. You get these huge boxes. They're, they're just full of beautiful but it's, minis. But it's cubic zirconium. But it's not full this gold. A, yeah, yeah, it's not a. There's not a lot of substance to them. It's like junk food, you know. You're just, you know, it's like yeah. you gorge yourself on it. But it's at the end of the day, they're not. I would say their so, miniatures are top of the line in the industry. Some of their artwork and theme, top of the line in their industry. Yeah. So I don't want this to become a criticism of Awakened Realms or Lords of Hell. So I, I really do enjoy the game. I think I, I have fun every time we play it. Um, and I like I understand its flaws. I see its flaws, um, but I love it anyway. It's just one of those things. It's like Speak. I can I can live with the flaws and just still enjoy. Every time I've played it, for some reason, it just I have a blast. Yeah, and, and I don't. But win you do every for the game. experience, similar to Rising Sun, right? Yeah, exactly. It just feels like this game. It's one of those big game. takes up the whole table. Um, and for some reason, there's just a lot of there's tension in it. It's fun. I like the theme of going on quests and slaying I monsters. Feel, and I feel like we all have. And, are like big troops on a map game that we really like. Mine's Game of Thrones. We got. Uh, I, do I? I don't know if I have one. Well, I think we can all just say we have. A, yeah, we'll we'll give you Rising Sun. You can have Rising Sun. <laughs> we but, just all, we all have games that we, we we recognize that they aren't perfect, but yeah. we enjoy them yeah. anyways. And that's that's one of them for me. Like I, yeah. that's a whole what lot a good of, relationship should be. You know, right? it's yeah. nuanced. You yeah. know, it's like MTI uh, Four like, Stevens, big dudes on a map. It's game like uh, and, Inside Out. You know, there's complex emotions. Mm -hmm. You can feel. Joy Speak, and sadness at the same speaking time. Speaking of, oh, listen, you're going above above me here. Board games. Yeah, <laughs> you're going above me. Um, well, speaking of Waking Realms, I have yet to play Nemesis. I love Nemesis. And okay, I love the yes. Movies. When are we? When are you getting your kick, oh. Kickstarter copy <laughs> no, of Nemesis? Don't hold your breath. Buddy. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so, Original day. My was mind September, is but it's yeah, nice. and so and, we're all what nine, three, five, six, wow. going to six, half a year. Interesting math there. So Three, five, six. going back to our little video game spiel there uh, and Nemesis, I I have been um, emotionally supporting Jacob as he plays through Alien Isolation. Oh, yeah, so I, I can't. Oh, my gosh. The man can't play room. the game by himself. I love one of my probably my most favorite um, genres in film and all that kind of stuff is horror. I love it to death. Like yeah, if you can find a great horror movie or show or whatnot, it's, it's just I go on an adrenaline rush with it. But for whatever reason... I cannot play horror games. Like well, my it's one heart thing to be just, an outside observer, but when you're in the story, I can't, no, it's like I literally <laughs> feel totally my health status and going I, critical. I am the exact opposite. I really do not like horror movies. I I think part of it is because a lot of them are just bad from a storytelling perspective. They're just like which is true, mostly cheap jump scares at, at this point. But um, but I love horror games, and so I I've been replaying through. Um, through Alien Isolation, like honestly, just ahead of Jacob, so that I can kind of help him out and know, yeah. know where things. What's are that horror game up? where like you're a detective or something like that, and you're going to, like this old like Protestant farming village or whatnot? And is that that uh, Outlast too? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I watched some videos of people playing that, and it's just that's too much for me. But to funny handle. enough, I had a nightmare last night about <laughs> Alien Isolation. <laughs> <laughs> getting chased you, through yeah. a spaceship. Anyways, back to Nemesis. Yeah, our group has one play that I'm looking forward yeah. to playing. It wasn't. I, I no, it wasn't even the entire group. Yeah, it, I, I didn't I, play. I, it, I think. So. I think it just ha is again, and I like this is my thing. Can with, we play with all their games? I, I would like to play next time we do it fully cooperative mode because there is 
a full co-op mode. I think where it changes some of the the heart of. Have you uh, seen the Alien movies? The heart yeah, of the Alien movies. Full is co-op. Like, this man. I know. Goodness. Okay. All right. So when someone's just trying to mindlessly keep me out of an airlock, and then you turn out they're not actually trying to do <laughs> it. They're just doing it just for kicks and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to try to finish up here. We're probably going a little long. What, um, any other games you want to see on the list that haven't made it this year yet? Well, like I said, Food Chain Magnet, I think we definitely need to explore that game more. There's so much substance and content. Uh, City of the Big Shoulders, I mean, can I get an amen from oh, anybody? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I love City of the Big Shoulders. Uh, I don't know why. Shut up and sit down. Recently did uh, their... Uh, kind of review for it and i was like late to the party you know <laughs> we were already on that train you know yeah. hashtag. And honestly, was it positive? I, I, were they positive oh yeah 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 but they definitely said like this is a game for a select crowd yeah, because of the math and the number it leave it it's it's fun i, I feel like any it, sort of like accountant or somebody who's like loves kind of oh, being interested in the stock market and that it. sort of thing would would love it if they were willing to kind of get through the heaviness of the game and the thing is the rule book that comes with the that edition of the game is got is real wonky it's got some stuff wrong and you got to use the updated rule books online to learn it but i just it just i just get jonesed for like stock market manipulation and like it's like the re one of the reasons like we like modern art is like someone can buy something but mm-hmm. then we can adjust the value yeah, and the importance yeah, of that cool. later on that's kind of what you're doing and uh see the big shoulders is like you can you kind of kind of a bear market or a bull market uh, just by your influencing and you can purchase out of someone else's company and then you could dump their stocks to try to push them down a little bit. And there, but so there's like that take technically, I guess you consider that take that, but it's in like such a thematic, just like in gross, just, just like, Hey, let me throw money at you kind of way that yeah, it just gets a me lot going. Of, like, like, um, you know, the winner of, of that game has typically had like $5,000 or whatever. So you play with a lot of, of money in that game. So it's just, yeah, especially when to... you get those nice poker chips instead of the paper yeah. money on it, and you just click and clink in those things. All right. So I just moved into my new place. And what that meant is I finally got all of my board games <laughs> out, of, out of the storage unit, which is great. And so one of the games that I like spent a lot of time painting just before uh, we moved was Spectre Ops. And I'm kind of, um, the hype man when it comes to uh, like hidden movement games. I love hidden movement games. I, I love think, them too. Yeah, I think Spectre Ops does it well, and so I'm looking forward to uh, getting some. Are more the of only that two uh, hidden movement games that we own? Uh, Letters of Whitechapel and Spectre Ops. I do not own Letters. I own, it, but like collectively, yeah, I mean, Treasure Island, which and, is yeah, not, which, not the same. The thing is, we've only have we we've only I've only played it that one Treasure Captain Island with Sonar. you one time a long time ago. I think Treasure Island's a lot of fun. I do too. I like to play it again, um, just because that last time we did play like over a year ago, Brady had some of the rules wrong, and half half the time I was like, "Hey, are we supposed to do that?" It's like, "Oh yeah, sorry, let me retcon that." I was just trying to. I enjoy Letters from Whitechapel though. Real quick with this is just because it's so like very pure. Like there's no asymmetric powers other than like the um jack the ripper can have a little extra movement but it is like here's a board you just got to deduce it where the one thing i will say even though the player powers are cool inspector ops is like you're almost trying to keep track of what player powers people have used and like i enjoy hitting movement because you're like mathing out all the like statistical pop- possibilities of how far they could have moved well they took this angle on this turn and i feel like specter ops forces me to keep track of your player used abilities more than like mathing out all your possible routes yeah i can see that uh i just i do you it's know a different you, spin on you it. were you're one of your biggest things is variability and i think it provides oh, a lot of yeah, variability it does 
Um, okay, so let's uh, let's go down into our so um, we've been doing our our last segment is eye on the prize where we kind of go through our process of acquiring games and Jacob. Um, I'm glad we have you on this on for this because you have built a collection pretty quickly. Um, and have, well, it's easy. He's he, we bring a game that we just bought. He sees it, likes it, and then he buys an exact he, copy yeah, of it. Yeah, so that we all <laughs> have the exact Come same on. games. Um, so we've gone through uh, the first one was exposure, where we how we kind of um, hear about get, the pipe, go and hear the news coming down the pipeline. Yeah, so our our, our news outlets, and then we do research. Um, evaluation, trying to figure out like where it fits in our collection. If all of our friends have it, do we need it? That sort of thing. So let's go into purchase. So where do we go to purchase games? So first question is, you've heard about a, of, of a great game. Um, you've done the research. Where's the first place you go to to buy it or to price check it? It's very niche. Well, I'm so glad. Amazon.com. <laughs> yeah. uh, wrong. Um, so I'm so glad this is, we're talking about this now because um, there is a website, um, I believe it is, let me double check. It was Board Game Atlas, but then I believe they were, hold on a second, let me pull this up just so all this of our is listeners. a very niche website yeah. right here. Yeah. While you're looking that up, Jacob, I, I agree with you. I think. Um, you know, I've got an Amazon app on my phone. It takes two seconds to type in a, a game. And that's usually where I, if, if I'm interested in it and I want to know if it's like in print, um, I just search it on Amazon. Yeah. Okay. You, I know, got you it. know that Amazon's a good baseline it, yeah. and I don't know. I don't always buy my games from Amazon. In fact, a lot of times I don't buy my games from Amazon, but I check the price on yeah. almost yeah. any game that's in print for sure. And then it just gives me a decent baseline of, okay, what's the value on this yeah. because Amazon has, you know, they're so big and have so much money. One of the ways they they just stay in it so much is that they actually lower their prices from what normal re- retailers. Well, and I know it's horrible. Like I know I'm saying everything you shouldn't say about ordering from big, you know, corporation <laughs> Amazon. But I will say just and again, I don't even know that I buy most of my games from. Amazon. Well, this is where you can get slightly deceived by the persona that Amazon yeah. is cheaper. They can be so, tr- tricky a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. the website show is called you how what the you know they'll show you that fake price that's yeah. uh, how much yeah. you're saving. So the All website right. is called Board Game Atlas, and this is the mecca of let me get the best deal on this board game. Uh, so you I've go never to, heard of this. Okay, so. so Board Game Atlas. So the general concept is. I go on the website, uh, they have trending games, they have popular games, Kickstarter stuff, but you just type in the name of the game you want and it will list, it It actively throughout the day will check every board game source and it'll have a list of all the available websites where you can get them. It has an order by availability and by price. So everything from Game Nerds to Game Caps, uh, Castle to uh, Amazon to uh, the board, eBay or uh, possibly, uh, what are some of the other ones? Miniature Market. Uh, but it shows all their current price updated hourly throughout the day because some of these games, especially like after Shut Up and Sit Down uh, reviewed uh, um, uh, what was King's Dilemma? King's Dilemma or um, was that that other game, Tansa, Tuanica or something like that? Like the board game prices are fluctuating because people are just buying left and right. Our lost rooms aren't at. It actively updates. It also shows you a chart of trending prices over the past week, month, or year. So you can see how the prices have fluctuated as well. So it gives cool. you a list of all the websites that are selling that game that you can get it from, uh, the prices, the prices that they have had. Um, and it's fantastic because not only can you look on there, but you can like keep track of like, okay, these are the games I want. So I keep track of them and then you can watch if the prices go down, it'll alert you when they're going on like clearance sales 
uh, for it. It shows I'm like looking, on their, Jacob's kind of scrolling through it right now, and it actually like looks pretty nice. Yeah, so like a type of, in a type in a game yeah, like Lost Ruins of Arnak or something. Viticulture. Right wow, there's like charts. It like it yeah. like reminds me of like a looking at like a brokerage account or something. Absolutely. It's like yeah. Showing, so but, it shows you times and periods where the game price has yeah. been up, it's been down. So you can kind of see is this a game that's getting progressively cheaper or something like Pendulum where people aren't liking it as much. You're not going to get your money back out of it. Um, but it's a way of like, yeah, so I'm just going to hold off and see if the price drops here, but it's a consolidation of all those different websites. And some of the websites out there that I hadn't really even heard of as much before for some of those, uh, games, cause everyone's heard of Amazon, but I mean, it has a lot of different options for that, but that's kind of like, that is the website I go to. And then it will direct me to other things, all okay. the other ones. Yeah. Uh, it's that's fantastic. Cool. So awesome. really quick, Great yeah. And start. so if let's say you go on on Atlas and and we have that King's Dilemma issue where something is out of print, and what we mean by that is, um, and this happened a lot during the pandemic. Well, there's a difference between out of print and they're just sold out because out of print means they're not making another run, whereas like King's Dilemma, they just had run out before their second printing. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah. So it's in between prints, I yeah. guess. Whatever. Um, yeah, so kind of explain that. So one, like, let's say you go on Amazon and this normally forty dollar game like is 150. like hundred and fifty dollars. What kind of what do you do then? Uh, well, so that the best next place play, I would say, the show have some different is the Board Game Geek Marketplace. Yeah. Uh, or so the secondhand market, basically. Secondhand yeah. market. Sometimes secondhand market is the ripoff. Sometimes it's actually cheaper okay. buying it new because yeah. Uh, yeah, people yeah, have their shipping. Pers- people because the thing is like, let's say tapestry. People have these like. You bought into Tapestry Early, you paid a lot of money. So people were trying to secondhand sell it at the price they bought it for, whereas if you bought it new, it'd actually be cheaper. But yeah. what I do, try to get sleuthy, is I will look under on BGG. So let's just say um, BIOS Origins. Let's say they didn't have any copies. I would go under a list of people who list the game as owned. I can click on it. Let's say it has 369. It shows me a list of those 369 people. I'll look to see which ones are like close to me or in the United States. And I'll start messaging. I was like, hey, yeah. would you be... Oh, I look for the ones that rate the game poorly. So if you yeah, go to the people yeah. who own the game and rate it poorly, uh, I start messaging, hey, would you like to sell this game? I'd be, will you name your price? Or uh, you can look at my list to see if there's anything you'd like to trade. So yeah. like yeah. offering people money, like they may not have it listed. Some people, because you can list games for trade or for sell, or I'd like to get this game in exchange for this game and board to me. But if you start messaging, like, hey, I'll give you money for this yeah. game you don't really like, but and I really Matthew's want. Matthew's only had a few restraining orders put on him. <laughs> Matthew's, Matthew's very sharky about it. And I, honestly, it works, gentlemen. I think that really is probably the best way to do it. I, I don't do it that way just because it, the uh, personally, and I'm sorry, BGG, but the, their app is clunky. I don't think their website, their website's not well streamed. It's better than it's the app, just, though. It's difficult to navigate yeah. sometimes. And I, my problem with that, I never even see messages. I learned. It's at the very top bar. You have your little that, well, I, envelope. Well, I just use the app. I, I, I have, hadn't gone on the browser much, but I learned. I offered a guy way back when. I offered a guy like uh, under asking price for Lords of Hellas with everything that I ended up getting. I got it for Christmas, and. Uh, um, I saw that message like a year and a half later and he's like, yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> he's like, yeah, yeah. And I oh felt bad because I just ghosted him. Like I, I messaged him asking for it. And, yeah. yeah. I have had a, a, so, a couple things like that as well. Uh, yeah. So I, I'll go to another, another place I'll go to is there's board game exchanges on, on Reddit and on Facebook marketplace. Yeah. And those are places where I'll just browse. Yeah. What's the I'll Facebook search. group called that we are on? Board game exchange. Yeah, I think so. it is. Um, yeah, so with those, you just got to be careful with that shipping price yeah. because you know a lot of people just have these like rose-colored glasses, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to sell you the price 
for five dollars less with twenty dollars of shipping, and it's like, yeah, by the by that time, you, yeah, you and that's might one as well thing. Buy that, brand new. And the thing is, there is like this public perception is like, well, if I get it for free shipping, it's a better deal. That's not necessarily true. One thing I appreciate is like if you're selling, and I've sold board games on eBay because what eBay will let you do is a setting that the shipping is different for each and individual, every different buyer. It's different based on their location. So like you set it to it's unique. It's, you know, dynamically changes based on where the buyer is from. So it's like, Hey, oh, that's cool. it's not me. It's like the, I'm the, the price is dynamic just based on where you're from. Like someone wanted to buy one of yeah. my games from California. Their shipping's more than if they wanted to yeah. buy it from it's the state over or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. and I think one of my favorite moments with kind of going on the secondhand market was when we on Reddit, when we found David's account before we knew him or before we yeah. realized was you recently joined the group and then you yeah. realized you had actually interacted with him on the yeah. red. Cause we live in a smaller city uh, in Johnson city. We probably have like 60,000 people here and on Reddit, on the Reddit board game exchange this guy was from Johnson City, and we. What was his What was his handle on there? Very very small beta. <laughs> small beta. Oh my god, he's and such so, a troll. Yeah. <laughs> and so we found him, and we're like, oh man, like this guy's from Johnson City. Like we probably know we, who this is. Yeah, we thought we were the only board gamers. In yeah, Johnson we thought City. we found another gamer, but it turns out he was already in it our group. It was David. So then we just <laughs> proceeded to just troll his uh, posts on there. Yeah, he, I don't know if he posts on there anymore. Yeah. Oh, uh, update! You all will be happy to hear that he finally was able to sell his copy of. Can anyone guess? Ether oh, Fields. Yeah. That's right. The I poor, the poor guy. That. He was like, it took him forever to offload that game. Yeah. People were just not wanting to touch it because the thing is, we mentioned this before. He bought the game like the week before, there were a couple of days before. Shut up and sit down. Just gave their just blistering review of it, where they essentially said you're better off playing a video game yeah. than uh, playing That's the sport game. And then he had a hard time trying to sell it, but he finally offloaded it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, I mean. The thing is, too, especially when you kind of get into more of these games that are limited in their print copy or like with Lorenzo Magnifico, it had a very limited like Kickstarter exclusive pack so you could get for cards. The only way you can get those if you go sleuthing and find these people on Board Game Geek who say they own it and try to offer them money for it. Yeah, I will. Like the nicest thing is when somebody has kind of invested in a game and they've kind of gotten over it because you got this deal with mm-hmm. Root um, where they, they bought all the um, 3D printed miniatures and all that kind of stuff and then sold it to you on a discounted price. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah Where'd you buy out. that from? That was off, off of Reddit, I think. Off of Reddit? I that was off Reddit, yeah. 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 I think it's a part of me, like, I, you want to get the deal, but honestly, when I see these people reselling, like, Board Game Exchange on Facebook, I don't feel like it's that much of a deal more than if you bought it new. It's not always. It, it, it's like, usually the more you're willing to buy, the better value you're going to get. The number so of if, games, if you mean? Well, the number of games, yeah, number of games or just the more boxes that come with it. Because if you buy one board game, you're never going to you're never gonna really come out. Which like, is kind of a good thing because it means, favor, like, the value of your shipping. games will hold, right? Well, yeah. it's just the shipping costs so much. It's like you yeah. pay 15, 20 bucks to ship it. Um but if you get several games and they can do it in one box and it's, there's a way they can pack it right, um, I have got a you know I've gotten a pretty good deal. And on I I was like culling my collection and put probably like forty games on on Reddit and Facebook Marketplace. And I remember one person hit me up and they, he said, "How much would you take for all of them?" And I, a few people have done that, thinking like these yeah, are yeah, just a. a- Thinking we're like monopoly, Crazy yeah, deal. and well, they would think they were thinking like fifteen dollars for like <laughs> they thought you were they were doing you a favor by yeah. offloading them, yeah. And so, but this guy was legit. He, I, I told him like three or four hundred dollars, and he's like, "All right, I'll pick them up tomorrow." And yeah, I just we met 
locally here and i was i just gave him like three or four hundred dollars worth of games i respect uh, he got that, a good though. deal yeah he got a good deal i got to offload like a huge chunk of my collection it was a it was a but good do you know how around. many people in the public if you said three or four hundred dollars to him for just, board games yeah literally they would think you're either pulling their leg or just that you're just trying to rip them off yeah like I don't think people just are even capable of associating that value to it if they haven't gotten into the hobby with it yet. But I just enjoy opening that cellophane wrap and punching those tokens. <laughs> Smelling those cards. Yeah, I mean, a little, a little sniff here and there. I mean, I, I, I enjoy it. And it kind of, oh, it's, it's you know, it's that my precious it's part moment. of the experience. Yeah. yeah, that's right. It's part of the experience. It's, it's you know, we're talking about board games, all about the senses. Buying a new game is part of your uh, olfactory senses, gentlemen. That's yeah, your... There you go. Cranial right. nerve, I don't know what number time. one. I will say for all the listeners, Matthew is always in charge of our timer over there. So if we go over, it is Matthew's fault. I just need you to know. That. Uh, we're here for it. Let man. him hear it too. We're here for it. Um, yeah. So I think that's it, it for today. Um, so hopefully, you know, we got to pick it up. We got to come in strong this month for March, man. Mm-hmm. I'm in. We I'm got. Ready. We got to start go. flexing. It's got more days. More yeah. days in February, so we got to really, really <laughs> just, crank it up. Just math, math wise, we can do better with it. Um, yeah. So let us know what you think. What are some of the games you've been getting the most this year? What are some games that you really want to get played in more? Let us know if you'd like for us to do kind of a special little bonus episode we drop in uh, during a midweek for some uh, video game or some movie and film commentary, just on the storytelling and other mediums, not just in board games. So just let us know. Yeah. But, I want to hear about whether or not people, you know, are, are into quantity versus quanti- uh, quality, I guess. Um, are you upgrading your games or are you just buying new games? Yep. Good. Anything else, Jacob? Just glad to be here. That's right, man. Always glad when you're on. All right. Well, that's going to be it for this week's episode. As always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. And I'm Jacob. And this has been The, the Discussion, Discussion Phase. phase. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the discussion phase. If you enjoyed our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune in every Tuesday for new episodes dropping. You can also follow us at the discussion phase on Instagram for new unboxings and quick reviews. You can also join in on the discussion at the discussion phase at gmail.com.